Hi there, good evening and welcome to this Cybrox. It's your Sunday night podcast and it's Scott Patterson kicking off uh, a week of Monday, Wednesday entertainment and we start tonight at Scott Patterson here with Kyle and Reese. Um, gents, it's been a really busy day. Uh, Reese, how are you? Yeah, all good, Scott. Cheers for having me on. Um, aye, it's been good. It was an eventful game, but aye, good to get through it. To be honest, it doesn't matter if it was 5-1 or 3-2, we get through. And Kyle, you're on tonight as a guest, contributing. Yeah. Look forward to having you on. How are you? Fantastic after that. Always nice to get a win. As people could probably hear, uh, my voice is a wee bit hoarse for a bit of shouting <laughs> at the game today. But um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that. So yeah, of course, the, the, there's lots to talk about. Um, although the first half is a bit of a non-event, despite the VAR thing and the things that went on other than that. <laughs> um, we went in, of course, the Partick Thistle um, fifth round Scottish Cup tie. Uh, lots of changes that Bill made, Kyle, before the game. We lined up with McGregor, Tav, Borna, Sands, came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, Davies, then we had Kamara, Raskin, Hadji, Cantwell, Tillman and Cholak. So on paper, um, it looks quite an exciting team, you have to say. Quite expansive, quite attractive, 310 sitting narrow. Um, when I saw the team, I was quite pleased, I have to say. Yeah, it, it was bold by Bill, as, as I think we've sort of come to expect. Uh, I think everybody was 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 hoping for some changes. I was certainly glad to see Raskin starting. Uh, Hadji, I was very surprised about, um, given that, I can't remember, was it St. Johnson? They had a wee 30-minute cameo or something like that yeah. at the end of it. He looked miles off it. Uh, I think with hindsight, it may have been better to to have brought him on as a substitute. But but the one that you mentioned that, that really, really raised the eyebrows for me was 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 James Sands uh, at centre-half. I've been <laughs> on here. I've, I've, I've taken pelters in, in the comments uh, before. I, I think there is a wee bit of a player at James Sands. He's not a centre-half. I think no. there maybe is an argument. I can see Reese already uh, laughing at the suggestion of that there. But yeah, he just... Other than getting the goal, uh, not an awful lot to talk about in terms of James Sands' performance today for me. Reese, the as I say, the starting lineup when I saw it, um, I was I was surprised to see Sands, and we'll, I'll come on to why um, as as the podcast goes on. But the front sort of six, if you like, Kamara, Raskin, Hadji, Cantwell, Tillman, and Cholak. Um, on paper, I think you can be really quite pleased with, and in a game against Partick Thistle, who are doing okay in the championship. We are we're in our own place, so that team should be quite comfortable getting the game over the line. Early doors, I would say. No, definitely. I thought it was the right team they picked. Obviously, there's room for manoeuvre in there, but it looked very creative and you'd have a lot of balls going into Cholak. We've always said Cholak's probably a better finisher than Morello, so ideal game for him to rack up a couple of goals. Ideally, didn't they turn out that way? Um, but for whatever reason, it just didn't seem to click as we'd hoped. It was maybe a lack of space, but I thought the team looked all right. Reese, I can't let it pass. Um, <laughs> Curry Winters got in touch. Um, just to congratulate you on your doing your... Now, listen, I think more often than not when you're on, um, you do look quite presentable, but you've certainly... In fact, the last time you were on, was it not? Sort of court? Shut the oh, tie I, and all that oh, sort of I was, uh, up in court on Monday. <laughs> so listen, we, we, I think we all agree on on paper, impressive team, um, lots of options there with those three ten sitting narrow. I want to talk about maybe two guys that weren't involved, and in, I, I we know that Lundstrom was unavailable um, after getting um, injured the last game. Um, 
Curiously enough, Scott Arfield, nowhere to be seen. Don't know if he's injured. He may very well be. I've not seen anything to suggest. Um, and Alex Lowry, bombed again. Not on the bench. Nowhere to be seen. Reese, for, for you, um, were you surprised to see none of these guys involved? Maybe even Arfield's experience, if it got to the stage where we would have to drag the, the 11 through the game. Yeah, I thought it was a perfect game for Arfield, I think, just discussing it midweek. I think we all expected to see Lowry in some capacity. And I had said personally that it would be ideal for Arfield. I think his physicality would have been what we needed to do. A few runs in behind, able to battle with defenders because you know they're going to be compact and tight and physical. And uh, I it was surprising to see him, but the Lowry one for me is strange. It's um, Does he just turn it to be one of these Kyle Hutton flashing the pans? Or it wouldn't surprise me to see him go and kill it elsewhere if we did cut ties, but at this point, you're going, Tillman's older than him. Look yeah. at the difference. Aye. And I think, listen, I, I think as far as the... um, It may just be, it may just be the way that, that life's been for these sort of guys. You know what I mean? Tillman is, is a, a, a bigger specimen. He, he's, he's just a, a generally a bigger, a loathe-used boy. But he is. He's just a bigger guy. You know what I mean? You would, I think you would prefer to, to come up against Alex Lowry in the middle of the park as opposed to Malik Tillman, albeit they play in, in separate areas. Kyle, I want to ask you about um, James Sands. You brought him up earlier on. Um, one of the guys that he keeps out the team for me today is Leon King, which surprises me. Um, and I'm not sure I ever really agree with developing other players, other teams' players to the detriment of our own. That flies in the face of what I've said. I appreciate with Tillman and Lowry. However, we do have an agreement in place to bring in Tillman. Sands, I don't think, has done anything to suggest that he is worthy of playing centre-half ahead of Liam King. Indeed, Michael Beale has said recently that he reckons Sands best place in the centre of the park. So, surprising to see Sands in there ahead of King, perhaps? Yeah, totally. You've, you've taken the words right out of my mouth there in terms of uh, in terms of Beals alluded to before that that, that James Sands is, is not a centre half that he is in that the middle of the park. We saw him come on against against Kilmarnock at the end for a wee sort of brief ten minute cameo. Uh, you know, the, this argument maybe caused a goal there. Now, I think I saw a comment. I'm not at all blaming that performance on 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 James Sands. Okay. I just think maybe there's a bit of naivety, a wee bit of an experience here from from Bill Sean because if you look at the they take the defence, the, the midfield and the forward. It, he made changes to all three of those those units. But to go back to your point in terms of uh, keeping King out of the team, yeah, it, it is very surprising. It was very much the, the talk on the terrace today in, in, in terms of why was Leon King on the bench. He's, he's played for us quite a number of times already this season. I think it's not a controversial statement to say that he is a better centre-half than than, uh, than James Sands. Um, but yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you. I would much rather, uh, if we're going to drop Goldson, at least play Leon King. Yeah, absolutely. No, I fully agree with you. I think it's... Okay, you know that we... I think from, from our perspective and from, indeed, Leon King's perspective, it's an opportunity lost, to be honest with you. And I know as the afternoons went through, we will not really consider how... Um, James Sand was picked ahead of Leon King, but I do think it was an opportunity for him to to get some minutes under his belt, um, largely unseen since Giovanni left. And yeah. I don't know if that speaks to the fact that we, we had a conversation in our WhatsApp group today, and I, I remember when Stephen Gerrard came in um, and he spoke about Ross McCrory and how he, he looked very browbeaten, um, just scunnered, mentally exhausted, drained, 
um, not at it. And I, I would hate to think that Michael Beals came in and he's seen exactly the same thing with Leon King. Maybe wrong, but um, it's, just, it's just something to, to keep in mind. Okay, on to the game. Reese. Um, I have to say, I was really surprised at how poor we were in the first half, albeit Patrick Thistle, I felt, were really quite well organised for a team coming to our place from the Championship. Um, in addition, kudos to the, the fans from Mary Hill. Really good to see a team come to Ibrox and bring a huge support. It's a pity some of the other bigger clubs, apparently, in the league um, don't have the same sport to come and bring the same passion with it. Really good to see that. Um, we really only had one chance in the first half, Reese, that, that comes to mind, and it was a header from Hadji, which he drifted wide. Um, I don't think games in the pocket would have helped Hadji there, to be perfectly honest with you, but it was disappointing to not really test their keeper much in that first half hour. Uh, and I'm I'm probably the biggest Hadji fan on the, in the podcast. Um, yeah. I just think it's, it's a lack of sharpness. He looks like he's maybe lost that confidence that comes with playing regularly. It doesn't look like he would get as half as many shots away as what he used to. And I think as a whole team, we just looked a bit slack. It looked a bit like a defensive training drill to begin with for most of the first half. It looked like we were just focused on keep the shape, get moving, get minutes in the legs, get warmed up or something. But I, it was really disappointing. I thought Partick, to their credit, made it a game and looked like they looked all right. They were very well organised, but just didn't look right for Rangers at all. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think John Weir um, jumps into the chat. If, I should say, if you are watching us on, on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter tonight, feel free to get involved in the chats. If we can get to them, we will. John Weir, and I think this nails it for me. First half, we were so disjointed and predict. I'm not even sure we were predictable, to be honest with you, because that would suggest that we had ideas. And I didn't see a lot of that in the first half hour, Kyle. Do you feel, think that's fair? Yeah, I I, I agree with, with that comment there in terms of... Uh, we just, I just don't know. I just felt that we went out onto that pitch and, and it's one of the few times I've, I, I, Rangers always expect to win games, but we just, there was no effort put into that at, at times at all. I don't want to verge on that it, it was unprofessional, but I mean, you you look at guys like like Glenn Kamara. I mean, that was a, he was miles off it for, for me today, especially in that, that first half. It was just, everything was going through him. It was slow. It was two, three touches. And then it was a pass backwards. Um, it was just, I don't, I don't know what it was that you would expect. Guys, of that we were all very excited at the lineup. You look at, I mean, Cantwell and Hadji had me, you know, my mouth watering at the, at the thought of the two of them. Was it just, was there not enough width? Because I, I think there, there maybe there's an argument for that because there was there was no outball a lot of the times. I think we were be always expecting Tav and, and Borna to be to be up and down the wings as pair, but. Tav again was another one. He was miles off it again for me today. Um, but yeah, just I don't know what it was having three three players um, and Tillman, Cantwell, and Hadji who who want to move into the centre of the pitch. Um, did they just get in each other's ways? I, I don't know, but I just I was I was very um, disappointed by that by that first half performance overall. Interesting to look like um, Curry kind of singles out um, Kamara. <laughs> Um, who, who I didn't think had a great game today at all, um, and he he did slow things down. He um, he did make things a little bit more of a a bit of a drag, to be honest with you. And that was that was disappointing because I say when you saw the team, and you you kind of see Kamara sitting beside Rask in the middle of the park, who we'll come to later on. I thought it was excellent today. Yeah. Um, 
you think that's that's a that's a decent sort of combo in the centre of the park. That's that's something to to sort of look forward to, and it, it just it didn't come to that way. Listen, half an hour in, um, as has happened so many times. Um, this season, we've had to rely on our goalkeeper. This week, it was, of course, Alan McGregor. We decided to go with him. He makes two really good saves back-to-back. First one, um, good save down to his left-hand side from a Kyle Turner free kick, who I felt was um, was quite good. Maybe the best player for Thistle today. I thought it was really good. Um, the second one is a really good save. Has to sort of almost dive high, if that makes sense. Um to put one away and that at that point Reese, is a sign of things maybe just beginning to swing in the direction of Partick Thistle in our place Yeah it looked a bit like as much as we had most of the possession in the first half that they did offer a threat it was perhaps a warning sign that actually they can score goals but because yeah. I thought they looked defensively sound but there was wee hints in that first half that we've actually got a bit of a threat as well so you can't just throw everybody at it so it did. It was interesting to see how we coped with that and actually reacting to it. But I McGregor kind of done his job, I suppose, after the tossing a coin before the game to see who started. Reese, I'll stick with you because we're, we're about to come out the penalty and, and VAR giving the penalty. Now I believe, um, going by the letter of the law, I I, I think it's it's the right call. I, I I what I think we do have, um, is that we we. We really must um, make this law a bit clearer um, because it's it's I think too many times it's open to perception. The ref had a great view of it, um, didn't award it. Um, then when VAR said that it was a penalty, it was it was very very quick to give it. If you look at it again, Cholak's not looking at the ball; he's balancing on one foot. You know, he's he's almost. I'm not even convinced he's stuck his arm out. For, for any other reason other than just to give him balance as he lands mm. and brings yeah. his second through on the ground. Um, VAR, of course, gives a penalty part to go one up um, with a, a Kevin Holt effort. I'm sure Kevin Holt scored for Queen of the South against us um, in the Stuart McCall in charge years. Um, oh, I know, I know. I know, I thought you would like that. But listen, Reese, for, for you, and I, listen, I appreciate we're following the um, the letter of the law. It's a, it's a, a frustrating way to to lose a penalty in, in what is a, a tournament that we're defending this season? Yeah, it is, it's never a penalty, I don't think. It's, he is, as you say, the biomechanics of it. Like If he jumps backwards away from where he's facing, he's either going, if he doesn't use his arm for that balance, he's going straight or with his arm at his side. He's either landing on that one foot and getting over on his ankle yep. or he's just falling flat. There's no other way he can land on his foot and manage to keep the strength through his body there. But it's one of them that I think VAR just need to look at it in context of <clears throat> perhaps another angle. I think if you look the other side, you would see his face that's nowhere near it. And that jumping like that is purely to see, right, let's hold this other guy off behind me. Because if he doesn't, the guy's got a potentially free header. There's nothing he can do about it. And, it's a bit of a joke, but I don't know. They, they need to, it's just add common sense to it. Add common sense to the law if it's not been applied properly. Yeah. No, I, listen, I feel agree with you. I think <laughs> I think there almost has to be an allowance for um 
I love to say biomechanics because you've said it and Michael Stewart has said it way before you, so I definitely don't want to get into that debate. But I, I think you almost need to allow for the natural movement of a, goodness me, a, a person, do you know what I mean, when they're, they're in mid-air. Um, it's, it's almost something you, you, you have to allow for. And and just a bit of common sense, as I say, do you know what I mean? And I, I actually think um, Stephen Cragen said it on, on the commentary, the referee hasn't given the penalty and his, his view on it is absolutely perfect. He's got a great view of it. He hasn't given the penalty. So Kyle, it was surprising. Um, and I'm sure the stands were a wee bit irate with it to say the least. It's, it's ridiculous that it's given as a pen. Yeah, well, it's ridiculous that I think you and I are agreeing with Stephen Craig in the first place, but uh, <laughs> that, that's that's why I shuddered there before before we came on. But yeah, a, cu- a couple of things about it. Number one, when the incident actually happened, and then how long it actually took to to draw that back was was an absolute disgrace. As you said there, I, I don't know. I'm a bit not on the fence about this one, but it'd be very hypocritical of me to say that that wasn't a penalty, given that I've been on this podcast before saying that when opposition teams have done this, by the letter of the law, it's a penalty. It, I agree. <laughs> it's, 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 it's harsh. What is he meant to do there? But where I'm looking at it is, is uh, we managed to, on the phone, we managed to have a wee look at the the the, the, the via play on, on Twitter to see what, uh, what, what the ref had actually seen. And I don't know how he can clearly see see that that i mean did it definitely hit off his hand i know i was watching on our phone but th- but that's the thing it's clear and obvious that is not clear to me whether or not that hit off his hand from that yeah. replay my understanding is that var is meant to show six different replays i don't know why in scotland we're consistently just showing one replay the same replay yeah. over and over again there's got to be other angles of that instance uh, incident, sorry, that, that that clearly show whether that not, not was a handball. As soon as the ref went over, everybody in that stadium, despite I was going to say Willie Collins' heroics uh, a couple of weeks ago, but um, <laughs> yeah, but everybody knew that that was going to be given a penalty. For me, yeah. by the letter of the law, it is. But I don't think there was enough evidence on on that bar screen to indicate that it definitely, definitely came off his hand. Listen, I think I, I, I think the the big thing I take from it, I think we're at a stage where it's really quite sad that the referees in the country um, can't almost have the courage of their convictions. You know, they're, they're, they, so you're in there to do your job, Mr. Referee. If you see that as not being a penalty, it's not a penalty, simple as that. If you are five yards away from it and you see it as not being a penalty, we're quite happy to go with your judgment because your view is as good as it's going to get. Um and I, I, do you know what I mean? We're, we're in real danger of of just making these guys into robots, which I, which I find really, really bizarre. Anyway, mm-hmm. listen, we go in um, at halftime, a goal down, Kyle, and um, the boos are, are ringing right around the stand. The Bears were not amused at all, were they? No, not at all, and and and, and rightly so. As I said, it, it, they're just there just didn't seem to be a. I don't know an urgency to, to to win that game. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, Partick Thistle did, and and you know, if I if I was a Partick Thistle supporter, and we were going away to, to a big team like like Rangers, that is the way that I would expect us to set up. Be, be difficult to to break down, um, but they just there was no there was no urgency from us. As I've said, with hindsight, I think there was a bit of an experience from Bill in, in terms of the team selection, and I'm sure we'll come on to it. It, it was no surprise to me that at half time that, that um, 
Ruth and Kent um, came on for, for, for Cantwell. Maybe a wee bit surprised that Cantwell came off, but Hadji definitely, definitely needed hooked at half-time for me. It just shows you what a, an afternoon um, at Govan can, can do for you. Bizarrely enough, we understand that Ian McCall has been sacked um, from his role as party official manager, um, which I just, you know, I just find absolutely incredible. Um, this law. <laughs> that's it. Um, I know there, there can be no. There, it must be something that's went on in the background. I, I've no idea what. But um, Ian McCall sacked as Partick Thistle manager after taking his team to Ibrox and them faring really well. We have to say. So I, I find that um, a bit of a shocker. Listen, we go in one 0 down at half time. Ain't good, not good at all. Um, and Michael Beale, I think, very aware at that point that he has to raise the changes. Um, and curiously enough, it was Cantwell who came off, um, Kyle, as you've referred to there, and he also brought off Hadji, who looked like he was struggling as the first half went on. And I think that's only almost expected as the as his recovery continues. I don't think you're going to see many games where Hadji's going to play 70, 80 minutes, even between now and then the season. It's all going to be with a focus to, to next season, assuming he's a guy that we, we keep um, until... Uh, next season. Reese, how did you feel about seeing KMR Roof come on at half time? Concerned any? No, I was I was buzzing to be honest. After that first half, it was exactly what you needed. It was I thought it was going to be Sakala, to be totally honest. I think it speaks to Kemar Roof's sporadic and availability over the last few years <laughs> that uh, I actually forgot he was there. I was thinking right well we need more attacking options who we got Sakala. Roof totally passed me by. Seen Kent coming on, which we'd been discussing through half time, and then Ruth was there, so it was ideal for me. Um, just if rumours are true, I feel it's only appropriate to say thanks to Ian McCall for introducing the word dug meat to the professional game. <laughs> See, that's entirely fair. I remember that. I absolutely remember that. Goodness me. And I have to say, Ian McCall scored one of the best goals I've ever seen at Ibrox as well. I think. I think the late great Andy Gorham um, was in goal for Hibs and when Ian McCall scored that afternoon. Listen, I can't get over that. If Ian McCall has been bumped tonight, then um, really, really incredible. Listen, Kyle, um, Ryan Kent and, and Roof combine immediately um, after the second half and Kent sends Roof through. Wonderful ball. Um, it's really Roof's first touch. He should at least hit the target and he skies across the bar and the net. Uh, over the bar, rather. Yeah, it was it was a bit wild, but it, it, as you said, it, it was so encouraging. It was definitely the subs to to to, to come on. Um, at, as Ross said, uh, Ross has reset. Sorry, there's a wee comment here. I think it's this one here. We missed missed Sakala today. Totally agree with that. I don't yeah. surprised it wasn't even on the bench. As we lacked a bit of width, but when 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 the two of them came on, you could see it was an instant impact. It's what we wanted to see. It, it got the fans all up off the off their seats immediately. Um, fantastic ball by Ken. It was such a good. It's like you're pressing Y on the, on the Xbox controller with your E through ball and, and, and FIFA right right into his path. Roof just one touch right on him and, and yeah, got to make the keeper work from there. But it was certainly signs of, of encouragement at the start of the second half. And Kyle, I think for for, for Roof's perspective, um, the importance of him maybe getting games between now and the end of the season, considering um, Morelos' ongoing contracts situation as he staying as he not um, and yeah. 
it's really nice to know if, if Roof's going to be around for next season. Is he going to be fit for next season? Yeah. We need to know what kind of Roof we're going to get next season, assuming he's still going to be around. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, it's no secret on here that I'm a massive Roof fan. I, I think he is the best striker at the club or certainly finisher at the club in terms of getting the ball into the back of the net. Um, Craig and I were actually talking about this when, when he came on. It was... We were saying that we, we actually thought Cholak would come off at halftime and, and Alfie would, would go on up front. But, you know, it, it, it makes the uh, the negotiating a bit more difficult if, if Alfie does want a, a new contract. He, he, it's fair enough if he's demanding more money for it um, because he's going to turn around and go, look, I'm the guy that you rely on when, when you've got your when Cholak's on the pitch to, to come of off. Course. So, yeah, it was it was good to see to see Kemal Roof. I, 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 he's got... He's got to be protected. Um, interesting seeing him playing out out wide on on the on the left and out, out in the in the right. I think that just you know I'm not actually sure what, what his position was when he came on. If he was meant to be up top with, with Cholak or if it was just a be fluid and just go on the left. If you want to go on the left, go on the right. But uh, yeah, it was encouraging from him and um, it was a good second half performance from him. I felt and he did everything bar score. Yeah, I mean he, he was almost playing as a. Um... Kind of like an inside forward, you know what I mean? So as opposed to being the sort of top man, he was kind of just playing off the top man, Cholak in this case. Reece takes us on to Cholak very nicely. Um, scored, brought us right back into the game five minutes into the second half. His first goal um, since Aberdeen at Ibrox in October or November time, I think it was. And I appreciate he's obviously missing for a chunk of time. Um, nice finish, good header, really good work by Nico Raskin in the lead up to it. Yeah, the build-up was the highlight for me. I think the headers, it's obviously well done. Keeper maybe could have kept it out, but it is quite a close distance. But the build-up, see the fact that Raskins actually went and made a tackle in their box, won the ball back and then chipped it to the back post, it just speaks volumes for me. It's, it's that bit of intensity. Like, I don't know, just for Raskin, he looks like one of the players like, no, it's my ball game, it. Like, yes. it's... He just wants the ball all the time, and I, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. And good to see Cholak score because I feel like the day everybody almost expected it, and yeah. that will be good to not have that carry on his shoulders, even if it's just an England thought. He's yeah, they still get numbers on the sheet. I think you're absolutely right, and I'm I'm glad to hear you, you refer to the the expectancy of us sort of scoring goals and inevitably winning today. I, I think a lot of the players um got by certainly in forty five minutes, sort of flying by the seat of their pants on that theory. Um and I think they, they probably were brought back down to earth at half time I'd imagine when we went in. Kyle, um Cholak obviously scores. It's one each. Um and in sixty four minutes we get a penalty. Um naturally. And uh <laughs> Do you know that way when I when I as soon as I saw it, um I thought it was a penalty. I did. I must I must be honest. I, I as soon as I saw it, I thought it was a penalty. Um and after it went to VAR, um you could see that the initial contact was indeed outside the box. And I'm not entirely sure the contact was really bad enough to bring Tillman down. However, um we got the penalty and I do you know hands up, I've been quite critical of James Tavernier this season. I don't think he's had a great year at all. Um and I'm a great believer. I'm a stickler for sort of scoring your penalties when you get them because you may not get another one for however long. Um, and he must be disappointed to miss that this afternoon. 
Yeah, it, it's just the way the season's going, unfortunately. Um, as, as everybody knows, I hate watching penalties. I hated watching this. I was watching it through my eyes as I, or my fingers as I, as I normally do. Um, uh, but do you know what? I've got to give credit to the Partick Fissile uh, keeper in this one. I'm not too sure what the guy's name was. I actually thought he had a decent game today, other than the time wasting, which I'm sure we'll come on to at some point. But um, <laughs> the for a keeper to have the balls to just stand in the middle, um, yeah. and do that it did make I always feel that the, the penalty taker looks a bit more silly than if it was a good save to the to the left or the right but yeah. he's obviously done his homework on, on Tav we know that he does favour a wee a wee ball um, down the middle and, and I, I don't I would be stunned if he's actually not scored one that he's had down the middle in, in his time at Ibrox um, the penalty incident itself was it a penalty having had a look back at it in the replay probably not um, but do I feel bad that we got a penalty given the shambles of the one that got awarded in the first half? Absolutely not. So I'll take it, take it all day long, but very disappointed that Tav never put it away. Do you know what? It's true what you say about sort of Tav going straight down the middle. Um, but the thing that got me was the, the actual save from the party keeper. He, he kind of just, he almost puts his hand up like that and hits his wrist and goes across him. It could go anywhere at that point. Yeah. Um, so, listen, it'll go down as a miss for James Tavernier and indeed a, a, a save for the boy um, at Ibrox. So, at that point, it's one each. And, you know, this is where this, the Sunday sort of tea time game just got a bit mad for me. It was absolutely bonkers. So, um, Tillman gets fouled um, and has no idea what's going on behind him. Ball in turn goes, is kicked out. By, I think it's Tavernier actually that kicks the ball out and the um, Partick Thistle take the, the throw in and there's obviously an agreement between someone that they're going to horse the ball back to us after they threw the ball in. So the ball comes in and the boy that it goes to has to take about four touches to get it under control. Tillman's got no idea what's going on but slips in and goes in and goal and knocks it in. Cue absolute madness after that, Reese. I was really... Um, I was really surprised that I was surprised at a couple of things. I was surprised at people thinking Tillman shouldn't have done what he'd done. He's clearly no idea what the discussions have been with regards to the, the next sort of state of play. Um, so he does what he's trained to do and taught to do, which is, do you know what I mean? In turn, play on the whistle. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was some, there was, <laughs> there was a lot of anger about it. I mean, Tillman was knocked to the ground and there was a bit of a melee in the box. And at that point, I was, there's going to be a couple of reds here because it's just went way over the top, hasn't it? All right. I think it speaks to Tillman's ability, first of all, for the fact he get fouled so often. His ball progression and carrying the day was unbelievable. He looked like a prime, I don't know, Neymar, Ronaldinho type. But uh, let's not go over the top of that. But anyway. <laughs> It doesn't help Tillman that the Partick boy takes a touch like a jackhammer to get it under control. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. He at least came five yards to take his next touch, which would have been the hoof over the top. So Tillman nips in and gets it. I think you'd be criticising your defender for having a touch like that to the yeah. point somebody can nick it off you. But yeah. aye, the fighting in the box and that fighting's probably over-exaggerating it. But when uh, you see, what was his name? Oh, the party official captain, Kevin Holt. Um, yep. You see him getting in Tillman's face and all that. You just think, someday go and back him up. And I can't and won't repeat some of the stuff I was shouting at the daily at the time. <laughs> but, um, 
I it was just I wanted Cholak to go over and back him up so much, but do you know it, it was really interesting for me, Kyle, because you're getting I mean Arn Muirhead is, is roaring as Tillman's lying on the ground and three party crystal defenders are standing over him. Um he's Arn Muirhead is clearly roaring on the ground, something along the lines of, Oh, that was silly, we were going to kick the ball back to you. <laughs> However, um there's obviously no danger that Tillman's privy to that. He's no idea because he's been lying in the ground getting treatment. He didn't even know our understanding is that the, the ball had been sort of played out until he turns around and see that the ball's back in play from a, a Partick throw-in. So, as I say, um, he does everything right. What then happens um, is something that we were privy to in 2019 when I think it was Bielsa's Leeds playing up against um, Villa. Aston Villa down south. I don't know who was in charge of Aston Villa at the time. Um, but we had something um, that I don't think I've ever seen before, um, where the the manager actually says to his team, you need to let them score to even it up. Um, what's your head saying at that point, Kyle? Uh, I was. That's why my voice, I don't have a voice for this podcast. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I was, I was furious that we did that. Was I surprised? Not really, because you could see Bill talking to McCall, and you could see the, 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 the you know the captains having a good word with each other, um, and you just kind of got that sense that that Bill was going to do that. We we know what he's like in the press conferences. He's, he's a he's a lover of football. I think yeah. he sort of alluded to it in a post match as well that it would be unfair. I have I have two questions that you know I'd be grateful to see what what the listeners and, and the viewers think of it is. Number one, do you think Partick Thistle put in a, a sportsman's like performance today in terms of the, the time wasting, some of the off the ball stuff, the late challenges, um, it, it, you know, arms in people's faces and all that sort of stuff? I, I, for me, the answer was no, they didn't. And um, yeah. and and the second question would be is uh, I think we actually put it out on our Twitter is would any other team in Scotland do that for Glasgow Rangers? And the answer is absolutely no. Um, so uh, for me, it was it was a goal. Uh, maybe a wee bit of insight from from where we were we were sitting in the club deck. That number, what's the party Thistle captain called? Alan Muirhead. Is Alan Muirhead or Kevin Holt? It's one of the two, I think. Holt. Yes, yeah, it was. I'm sure it was Holt. Um, and and uh, his intention when he got that ball was to hoof it straight back out the pitch, away up in the Rangers end. I have, I have absolutely no sympathy for, for Partick Thistle in that goal. It was That was brought entirely about themselves. Maybe a bit of a misunderstanding with Tillman, but um, I, I'm raging we let them score, to be honest with you. I don't think we should have done it. Reese, you're busting at the seams, pal. I don't know. I, I just To play devil's advocate, I'd say sportsman-like refers to a sport and a sport's competitive. So I think their actions today um, with tackles and stuff were competitive. I don't think there was anything necessarily that went over the top other than when Tillman's on the deck and they're point blank shouting his face and right before they're about to take kick-off and we give them a goal, then that was out of order because he's still shouting at them at the halfway line. But uh, I, we might know, I don't know, for me... The league's done. We're through to the next round of the Scottish Cup, but at least we're winning the FIFA Fair Play Award this year. Love <laughs> 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 the invitation for that one. If we something something else for the trophy room. Right. Right. I'll, I'll be raging if we attend that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> listen, <laughs> just out of curiosity, a wee snippet from the um, 
post-match stuff, uh, James Tavernier has said that we have high standards at Rangers Football Club and it was the right thing to do. Um, so I think he speaks to, to Reese's point. I'm, do you know that way? And I think Ian McCall said it post-match. Um, it would have been interesting to know the, and understand the reaction to that. Um, had Partick Thistle maybe scored again after it went to two each. Um, because I, I, I don't think that the, um, the reaction would have been about sort of sportsmanship and how it was the right thing to do, etc. But I do understand the, the niceties that, that go alongside that. Curiously enough, and I see a couple of people batting in the comments with it, Kyle, um, Alan McGregor was desperate to save it, wasn't he? Yeah, he was tremendous as always. It was it gave us a good laugh. I generally thought at one point he was going to get in there. I was shouting at him to go and slide back over the boy that went in. With Take his it. chances and give away a penalty. That's it. That's in the <laughs> probably going to save it, no Alan McGregor. But yeah, it was just it just sums him up. It, it's we need more guys like that in the club, to be honest with you. There is a I've again I've been on here banging on about it before. I think there's a bit of a softness with, with some of our players that we don't, you know, get stuck in about it and I'm hoping Raskin and it changes that a wee bit in the squad. But even with the penalty with with, with Tillman, I'm I'm happy that he did the kind of the dark arts of, of the game, if you know what I mean. And yeah. I'll I'll be honest with you, I, I'm gonna t- I don't think the, the the story that we've been spun about Tillman not knowing what I think he had knew full well what was going on in that. He could, <laughs> I think he did. Um, but yeah, I, I move on from it because I, it's just getting me annoyed talking about it. Listen. See, it. Sorry, he came out in the post-match just to add to what you were saying, Scott. He was saying the reason we done it was because Tillman, to paraphrase him, and he loves his uh, superlatives, does Michael Beale, he said that Malik Tillman's a wonderful young player. I didn't want all this hanging over his head. And he said, we should be good enough to beat Partick Thistle at home to get through in the cup. We don't need that type of goal and all the backlash over Tillman following that. So I think that's fair enough when you hear it from him, to be honest, because... You can guarantee all the headlines would have been Rangers lucky, scrape through, Tillman, cheek, whatever. So I, I respect why Beale done it and I think the relationship him and McCall have probably helped it as well with the point where somebody I was actually with in the pub said that doesn't wash in an old firm game, which is 100% true. If it's an old firm, it's not happening. I, I, I do wonder as well, taking into account Ian McCall's um, previous links to the club, um, maybe make things a, 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 a bit different as well. Um, it wouldn't happen with a Malky Mackay. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, listen, the the sort of the last fifteen minutes or so of the game is is a bit of a the Alamo. To be honest with you, Partick, um, kind of sit in and we we have a right go trying to get that third goal because we're not wanting to look at. Um, extra time and then and then pens of course and eventually we get it um wonderful cross across from um Bordner. and at first i thought it was the much maligned james sands that gets his head on it but i think on looking at it back and you guys will maybe have, have seen similar um footage to me um i think it's an og from their right back the boy is it mcavoy who i thought had a decent game i have to say um i think he sends a cracking header right in the top corner of ibrox doesn't he yeah, to be honest, it was fortunate, and I thought it was Tillman again. I thought I spoke levels above, um, not to the fact he's levels above. If he'd have just scored the header right after that and been like, oh, well, I'll do it another <laughs> one. But uh, 
then there's a bit of confusion about was it James Sands or was it no? And I, it looks like it's just bounced off the boy's head, and I'm sure that'll yeah. be his Facebook cover photo for the years to come. Listen, absolutely, Kyle. At that point, I think taking into account what's went on in the first half, how poor we've been largely as a as a unit, sort of um, on the front foot, etc., which we were. Um, I think at that point you're just glad to get the win, aren't you? You're almost sighing a huge sense of relief because, wow, I don't know how we've managed that, but we've we've almost got away with the win here. Uh, yeah, no, it, like it's odd. In the first half, I didn't think we were going on going to win that game. When we came out in the second half, and a wee bit more more purpose and okay, it was stuffy, and the way we got the goal was scrappy. But the fact we still had extra time and, and penalties, I, I, I always thought that we were going to we were going to win, but. It's just we're, we're the architects of our own downfall at times in in that game. It was we, we, all the issues that, that we had uh, were, were was our own fault. I mean, as I said, Patrick Thistle were, were organised. I, I mean, I, I like Ian McCall, one of the maybe one of the few managers in Scottish football outside of Rangers that I actually um, don't mind. Um, yeah. You know, he set his team up well. As you mentioned earlier on, their support was brilliant. They they, they set up. They they, they had the. When, when away teams go to Ibrox, one of the first things the manager says is get the fans on Rangers' backs, and, and they yeah. did that. Um, but I said, I think I think we did en- enough in the second half to, to deserve to, to win that game. And I, I've still not seen that goal back. Um, I actually thought Tillman had <laughs> scored that, um, which I just thought that would be justice served uh, uh, there. Um, but yeah, it, it, was a, it was a great delivery in. Um, and it's just unlucky for the, for, for the party Thistle player to, to come in. But again, am I going to complain that we, we ended up going 3-2 up? Not at all. Interesting to see Beale referring to it as a disjointed performance that lacked intensity um, at post-match when he was um, with the, the sort of waiting media. Uh, listen, I should say, if you are checking out our stuff across on our website, um, you will have clocked a couple of the articles that have, have went out there this week. Two on Malik Tillman. He effectively got um, the group's Player of the Month for January. Lots of impressive performances and lots to speak about. We also have a wonderful um, analysis um, piece on him and why we should be bursting a gut to get him in in the summer on a permanent contract. Thanks to Gus Denham and Kai Watson for populating those um, articles. We'll come back to something that Kai's looking after that we'll be launching a little bit later this week. But it takes us quite nicely on to um, Malik Tillman. Um, and Ali Quinn gets in touch. Bayern must be blind to let him go. Um, he did get a few nasty tackles today, but he is a wonderful talent worth the admission fee alone. And I think, guys, Reese, I'll come to you first for, for, for people that have gone back and forward to Ibrox. Ultimately, you want to be entertained. And this guy is doing that right now. Yeah, 100%. He's probably the only player we've had since Aribo and probably for the time Aribo was here who can carry the ball forward and your defenders would need to worry is he going to beat me rather than yeah. where's he just going to go to before he plays a sideboard's pass it's yeah. that he, he can actually get by you you probably need two to get the ball off him and at times of day even that amount Partick struggled with and easily man in the match for me today and well deserved I think all of the articles on him will be bang on what every one of us are saying and 100% bring him in wherever we can yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, both articles refer to how they've done so far, the perception of, of each guy's now. I mean, I, th- I think one of the periods referred to um, how 
he's he's slightly older than, than Alex Lowry just now, but is miles ahead of him as far as development, progression, um, sort of mentality, physicality. I would argue attitude as well. Um, jump on, have a look at the articles. Um, let me know what you think. Shona um, felt he was outstanding today, but also um, speaks about Raskin and not Raskan. Now, that's actually something that I came up with today. Um, Rory Hamilton, who I think was looking after the, the commentary and via play, did call him Raskan, um, which I felt was a little bit confusing. And I did think I really must research that before I start tonight. I haven't. Um, <laughs> listen, one of the one of the things that has, has came out um, this morning, Reese, and I know you've done a bit of research on this, is we've been linked with the Norwich City goalkeeper Angus Gunn um, come the summer. It speaks to the point that potentially we could see the end of Alan McGregor come May, June, July time. I think we all thought it was going to happen last year, considering the swan song at Hamden against Hearts at Hamden. I think it is going to happen this year. Um, so we do seem to be on the lookout for a new goalkeeper. Speak to us about Angus Gunn. So he's pretty interesting, Angus Gunn. He seems to have largely played as a backup for Norwich in the past couple of years. He only made two appearances last season in the Premier League. He's played 14 so far this year. And what impressed me most is that he's got the second highest post-shot expected goals for a keeper. So to translate that for a data analytic language, it's... I can't take, wait to hear this. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> see where shots are taken from. Yep. XP is basically the expected amount of shots that you can get. Or the expected amount of goals you're going to score for your shots. Post-shot XG would be after the shot's been hit, what would an analyst look at and go, right, that's the rating of that going in. So say it's an 80% chance of going in. So... Basically, from what Opta or anyone else has looked at and seen Angus Gunn should be saving that or that should go in, he's prevented near enough five goals going in against Norwich this season compared to what an average goalkeeper would, which is the second highest in the championship. So basically, an average keeper would have conceded five more than what he has this season. His save percentage is pretty high and he seems to... This is probably quite important for me and it'll go unnoticed he seems to play in a quite ball possession heavy team his average passes are like 30 yards he's got 91% pass accuracy in his own half seems pretty decent with the ball at his feet and having saved more than he's expected to is quite a good sign especially in a league like that so Playing devil's adequate, I'll, I'll stay um, with you, Reese. Have we, two things, have we seen enough of, jo- if McGregor wraps it in the summer, which as I say, I think he might. I think have, I we seen enough to jo- have we seen enough of John McLaughlin to think that he can't be number one next year? Have we seen enough of Robbie McCrory to think that he can't challenge to be number one for next year? We've definitely not seen enough of Robbie McCrory. I'd said earlier on this week, um, I thought the party game would have been ideal if he was fit. He's obviously been unlucky with injury this season. John McLaughlin, I think, for me, I think he'll be kept this year because it's a case of you would need to bring in two goalkeepers in the summer and then you've got the same dilemma of who's willing to go and come in and be a backup or are you going to get two number ones and you're flipping a coin again in pre-season? Yeah. So for me, it's you nail down your number one 
might be the case that we keep McLaughlin perhaps until next January if he's really unsettled with his playing time and wants to be playing first team for somebody then you let him go in the January and we keep McCrory as a backup I dare say give McCrory some minutes before the end of the season to test him out but it's not as if they're not being tested day in day out in training but we aren't seeing that yeah, absolutely. Kyle, it's interesting to see Craig, hi Craig, um, Tex, um, jumps in and says, can McGregor stay on his number two? I think if we were being honest with you, perhaps we expected that for this season, considering how everything sort of materialised um, towards the, the end of the final last year. I think a lot of people expected him to stay on um, as the number two. And again, Shona jumps in. Uh, and says, where are you showing it? There you are there. Um, two goalkeepers required for the, the Scottish quota, which I think is a great shout. I think Angus Gunn is the son of Brian Gunn. Um, next, so I assume he would be, I assume he's Scottish. I assume he has some sort of heritage there that allows him to be a Scottish goalkeeper. Um, Kyle, where, where are you standing on the goalkeeper and dilemma as it continues and continues and continues? It's a, it is a tough one. I actually thought you were going to bring up another comment from Jonah there. She says uh, Manuel Neuer's asked to leave Bayern, so I'm hopefully get Malik on the phone and, and put a good word in, in for us, and and that will start that up, and we can um, maybe give him a passport to to meet that quota or whatever as well. But yeah, it's a it is a tough one. I mean, McGregor's done for me at the end of the season. He had he had two yeah. fantastic saves today. Okay, he had that. That dive, which we didn't talk about towards the end, which was magnificent, by the Brilliant, way. Brilliant, wasn't it? it? Oh, it was so good. That was arguably one of the biggest round of applauses of highlight of the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just that I don't know what happened with McLaughlin. I, I really thought he was going to step in. I mean, I think he I think he's got an outrageous, he's got like is it like 40 clean sheets for us or something like that in 50, yeah. 55 odd games or something. So um, but just last last weekend, St. Johnson gave me the the, the total fear. Um, I don't I don't know an awful lot about this Angus gun. T- to be honest with you, when I saw it, I just assumed it was a bit of lazy journalism because we've signed Todd Cantwell from Norwich. Does that you know linking? I just feel that always seems to happen with Rangers when we sign somebody for a team, we get linked every sixty five um, of their players. Um, I, I understand what Ross is saying about about the shot. Uh, Reese, sorry, that's the second thing I've done that in this podcast. Sorry, um, <laughs> what Reese is saying about the about the shot stopping and that there. I, I, I'm encouraged by the the sort of passing um, distribution. As I think that is key and, and maybe a criticism of our goalkeepers at times, especially McGregor, is in that he's not he does not get the ball quick enough uh, out for me. But how, how's he with crosses, Reese? Do you know that? I don't think he comes for crosses much. That was one of the, the kind of shortcomings. But um, I will quickly look that up and see what his percentiles are on that. I think that might have been the shortcoming. Yeah. Well, for me, then, it's an O for Angus. So, so if, if I can just jump into that, and I, I, I we've seen this a lot, and we have we speak about this to death in our WhatsApp group chat. Uh, anyone who's in that um, will know... Um, the joys of the McLaughlin v McGregor v McCrory debate. I would argue that we should really be getting two fullbacks that stop the crosses, as opposed to concerning ourselves about um, a goalkeeper that's coming for the crosses. I think for too long we have seen crosses come in from, particularly our captain side. By the way, um, it's something that I think we should um, look to prevent and change moving forward. 
Kyle, I want to speak to you about Todd Cantwell. We regularly speak about new players that come to the club and how they they get it. It's became quite apparent this week that he has absolutely familiarised himself with um, Rangers. He seems to be deep into it. Two things. It speaks to me the fact that he's maybe left Norwich a bit on bad terms and what maybe ever anyone really thinks in the first instance. But secondly, um, he seems to be all in Ibrox and he, he really wants to give this a go and get his career back on track a little bit. Yeah, it's it's really, really encouraging to to see from a guy like Todd Cantwell. We know previously, you know, we've all seen him in the Premier League and, and how good he could be. You know, what, what happened, uh, I, I imagine we'll find out soon with his sort of cryptic Instagram posts and stuff like that. It was really good to see, you know, him saying, you know, glad to be at Rangers, what a club. As you said, he, he certainly bought into it. I suppose, you know, coming from from a sort of local team, you know, being a Norwich supporter um, and playing for Norwich, that he kind of he kind of gets what what it's all about. Um, it's been really good to see the amount of, of press conferences that he's been doing. Um, I don't know if he, I'm assuming he's had training down at um, down when he was at Norwich, being in the Premier League to to do those. He comes across really really well. Um, the thing I would say most about his press conferences is he's quite. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, I think he listens to the the question being asked of him rather than just giving you like a, a sort of a bullshit Stock answer. Yeah. yeah, just giving you a, 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 a bullshit answer back to you and just not really. Stock, stock's definitely a better word than BS there, Scott. So I <laughs> 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 thank you for that. But um, yeah, he's just, he seems really thoughtful. And it's, it's good to see a guy of, of that quality ultimately you know, buying into a club the size of Rangers and, and it can only be good for it for his career and yeah, long may it continue and I hope to see him at, at more press conferences, hopefully having won stuff. <laughs> Do you know, I, I think it's a fair point you make. When he when he came in, one of the things that I was really impressed with um, from the get-go was just how um, he spoke like a guy that was ahead of his years a little bit. He spoke really, um, he spoke, confidently he spoke with a passion he didn't speak like um a young guy that had been sort of linked with lots of clubs before things maybe didn't go it would have been easy for the the fame of being linked to newcastle and spurs for millions and millions of pounds it'd been easy for that to go to his head but he definitely never came um across as that reese where are you on on cantwell so far i mean i appreciate he came off today and, and i think it's easy to forget that he's not played a lot of competitive football at all since november um, um is he going to be a luxury player for you or, or do you see a lot in him that thinks yeah we're, we're going to get the best out of this boy moving forward i think there's elements of both i don't think for a minute he's going to be a luxury player but i think that He's, he looked very hard working in his debut, like no doubt about it. I said to my pal when we came back, like, he looked very good. He looks like he's quite creative and that he can get on the ball. He's not scared to go forward with it. And he gets filled an awful lot, was what I thought the day as well. Um, I thought the day, that might be to do with his framing, <laughs> trust me, this is pot kettle, but um, he looked a bit like a youth player in a men's game. Oh, I mean, he, he looked like he just didn't look physically like he could handle Partick Thistle. I don't know if I just caught angles where he was up against big centre halves or hard hitting midfielders, but he looked a bit. He's going to get that up here, though, isn't he? Does, hopefully, he, aye. I mean, he does more often than not. I would argue that he is going to get nailed back and forward. Do you know what I mean? If he he tries a a, a fancy nutmeg or a 
some taking the ball in the half turn, he is going to get banjoed more often than yeah. not up here. He does look good. He looks like he's definitely got that ability. He'll get on the ball, he'll move with it and maybe create things other people wouldn't. But I think it'll be good to see how he goes moving forward. I don't think for a minute he'll be a luxury player, but purely because, as you say, when he came up, very well spoken. He seems very almost like intelligent that he's aware of what he's got to do and that yeah. he's really has reflected quite a lot in the past. Um, I it, it does seem pretty ominous that we just develop him and he turns into one of the better players in the league, but that'll just come with learning the system and what he's up against, really, with familiarity. Yeah, listen, that's us just by an hour, guy. So, um, I will be happy to love you and leave you. Kyle, thanks for coming on. You're back Wednesday with the Bulletin, aren't you? Yeah, back Wednesday with the Bulletin. I said last week we did a bit of a, a review. I don't really know what I'm going to talk about with all these uh, lack of midweek games. <laughs> so if anybody's got any suggestions, fire it in the comments for us, that would be great. <laughs> and Reese, always good to have you back on. And listen, the fact that you've done your hair for the occasion, I think, is <laughs> equally impressive. It's funny, I actually got a haircut today. It wasn't in this circle. <laughs> it was actually today. But I always have pleasure, guys. Cheers for having me on. Yes, well done. Don't forget, if you are looking for something to look at, jump on our website. We've got the articles from Gus and Kai on there that are relative to Malik Tillman, why we should sign him, what he's all about right now, why he is ultimately the This Ibrox Player of the Month for January. On Kai... He's been lucky enough to get some time from the guys that were involved in the Blue Heaven documentary, which de- which went through um, the youth at that time going through the, the academy. So we've managed to get some time of the individuals who were involved back then. We will be rolling out that series at some point this week. If you want to check it out, then I recommend you do jump on our website. We will be releasing details across our um, social media channels on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter as the week goes by. If you're not following us there, please do. I urge you to get on. Um, Make sure you tap the notification bell so that you do get a notification anytime we release any content. Craig Dennett is back tomorrow. And it's funny how scheduling works because tomorrow from 7 o'clock, Craig Dennett is on with Scott Mitchell and Ian Mitchell. So it's 7 p.m. with Mitchells tomorrow. If you want to check them out, I recommend you do. Thanks for watching. Good night.